So in Daniel chapter 5 is, um, sorry, Daniel chapter 6 is the account of Daniel in the lion's den. And today our message is going to be this. Have your friends turned on you? Are your co-workers talking behind your back? Today I'm going to be understanding that if we're following Jesus and we're trying to be faithful to him, there will be people who will want to get you. When I say want to get you, it's just like they are going to be in conflict with you. And it is the reality of the life that we're going to live. I think sometimes it catches us by surprise, and that's what I want to, why I want to encourage you today. This is the, where the rubber meets the road. So many of us just want to be liked. We want to be at peace with everybody, which is not a bad thing. I'm not suggesting that we should purposely be at conflict with people, but I think it catches us by surprise when even family members or good friends or co-workers all of a sudden turn on us. One, it doesn't feel very good. And number two, um, it starts to make us question so much. But I want to let you know that we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, and destroy. And we sang about that. But, but the interesting thing is, in the crushing, God always makes something beautiful, new wine. He makes something beautiful out of that difficult circumstance. So there's going to be two sides of today's message. I am going to spend a little bit more understanding the tactic of the enemy and understanding who your enemy is. And I'm going to spend a little bit less, but you've got to come back because you've got to keep hearing the good news of Jesus Christ because he is our rock and he is our fortress. He is the Lion of Judah. He is our King of Kings. So if you've been tracking with us, if you are uh, new with us today, you wouldn't know that we're on this series, but we're going through the book of Daniel together. Um, if you don't have a Bible with you, that's okay. Grab your phone. Download the Grace Capital Church app, and there is a Bible uh, embedded right into our app for you. Or if you have the Bible app as well on your phone, you can just look it up. Daniel chapter 6, if you realize last week was the handwriting on the wall, and we had um, King Belshazzar, um, you know, kind of rebellious again, living this way. He died after Daniel gave the interpretation of what the handwriting on the wall. And now we have a new king, King Darius. So we're going to start right there. Daniel chapter 6. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps. Satraps are kind of like governors um, over provinces. And remember, this takes place in Babylon, about 600 and so years before Jesus comes onto the scene. And over them three high officials, of whom Daniel was one to whom these satraps would give um, account so that king might uh, not suffer loss. Then this Daniel became uh, distinguished above all other high officials and satraps because an excellent spirit was in him. Now, what was the excellent spirit in Daniel, by the way? Remember, we know Daniel was devoted to God. And he always preferred what God thought and not what everybody else thought. And that excellent spirit that he, that he carried with him, I believe, was the Holy Spirit. And because of it, though, people didn't like him too well. And the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. Then the high officials and the satraps sought to find a ground for complaint against Daniel with regard to the kingdom, but they could not find any ground for complaint or any fault because he was faithful 
and no error or fault was found in him. Then these men said, what shall we, what, sorry, we shall not find any ground for complaint against Daniel unless we find it in connection with the law of his God. A couple things you need to understand so far in this, and then I'm going to paraphrase the next section of the scripture. Daniel had a reputation. We talked about reputation last week. Did you guys think about that a little bit this week? What's my reputation? What are people saying about me? You should be thinking about that, and we should be thinking like people should be seeing something of God, something of good, something of faithfulness in you. Here they saw in Daniel an excellent spirit. They knew they could find no fault in him. And I know that might be hard for us, like people are going to still find fault in us. But here's Daniel. They couldn't find any fault. But this is the tactic of the enemy. I want to let you know what the tactic of the enemy is. We have an enemy, right? His name's Satan. By the way, the demons that are in the world today, there are demons. All those are is fallen angels. But I want to remind you, greater is he that is in us, Jesus Christ, than he that's in the world, Satan. So we have power and authority. So don't get too weirded out to think like, oh my word, I'm going to get crushed by all these demons and Satan. No, just be aware of it. You have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, destroy. He wants to attack you. He wants to go after you. And here, many times he'll use the very thing that you're good at to trick you into something. So let me paraphrase what goes on. So they make this, they come back to King Darius and, King, and say, hey, King Darius, we realize that nobody should be worshiping anything else except you, O king, mighty king. Praise, uh, place to his pride, right? And King Darius was like, yeah, 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 you're right. Nobody should be worshiping anything except me. They said, for 30 days, let's make a law, a decree by you, O King Darius, O mighty powerful one, that, uh, that nobody should worship anybody else but you for 30 days. And they knew something about Daniel. Daniel's reputation preceded him. Daniel faithfully prayed three times a day. Daniel was so faithful to God and his devotion to him. And so they make this law, this decree, that nobody should worship any other god except King Darius for 30 days. And then we pick up the story here in verse 10. When Daniel knew that the document had been signed, so it was signed, sealed, delivered, insignia ring, you know, it was official. Interesting, when Daniel knew, and this is also interesting, Daniel probably, they did this behind his back. He was one of the top leaders in Babylon at this time. And so here's people who went around Daniel's back, made this secret agreement with King Darius, only to entrap David because they didn't like that he was successful, that God seemed to be with him, that he seemed to have favor in his life. So it says, when Daniel knew that the document had been signed, he went to his house where he had windows in the upper room chamber toward Jerusalem. Remember, he was taken from Jerusalem as a young boy. He's probably significantly older now. He's gone through three kings, been faithful. Nebuchadnezzar, Belshazzar, now Darius. And this is what he says. Toward Jerusalem, he got down on his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, and he had, which he had done previously. Then the men came by agreement, found Daniel making petition and plea before God. Then they came near and said to the king concerning the injunction, O king, 
did you not sign sign an injunction and basically accuses Daniel? Trick of the enemy again, right? Let's, Let's use legal means. Let's create laws to entrap people. The interesting thing, Darius was was bound by his own law, and Darius really liked Daniel. The scripture goes on to say that, that, that Darius was then trying to figure out, how do I save Daniel? And he was bound by his own decree and his own law. The enemy loves to use legal means to entrap and to ensnare. King Darius was, was duped into this, but is out of the hearts of men who were wanting to turn their back on Daniel. They're wanting to trap Daniel, betray Daniel. Well, sure enough, Darius has to be faithful to his word and throws, and, and the, the punishment, by the way, was, is anybody who didn't serve or worship anybody but Darius would be thrown into the lion's den. Daniel gets thrown in the lion's den. The den back then would be uh, basically a pit. Um, sometimes they would carve them out. Um, high officials would have these lions back in, in that era. They'd have an entrance in on the, on the lower level, and then you could see up top uh, how the lions <laughs> deal with their um, prey or deal with their food. Daniel gets thrown in. They put a big stone around the, the front of it, and uh, Darius goes away just like morning all night long. Can't sleep. Next day, rushes back to the lion's den, opens the door, and here's Daniel unharmed. Here's Daniel unharmed. We know the story. Well, he is so mad at this point in time that he takes all the the other guys that were tricking Darius into this um, thing, and he says, you and your families are being thrown in the lion's den. Throw them in the lion's den that day, and it says the lions devour them all. What do we need to learn from, from this account? I think when we look at what Jesus says in, in Matthew about the persecution that will come, I, I think that's what is helping us understand, that, that we have persecution that is going to fall upon people who are faithful to God. Daniel faced that persecution, but God was faithful in that lion's den, Right? This is what Jesus says. Red letters in my Bible, Matthew. says, Behold, I am sending you out as sheep in the midst of the wolves, to be wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Beware of men, for they will deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues. By the way, this is Daniel chapter 10, verse 16. And they will be dragged before governors and kings for my sake. To hear witness before them and the Gentiles. When they deliver you over, don't be anxious. Don't have fear. Don't stress out. Don't let anxiety overtake you. How you are to speak or what you are to say. For what you are to say will be given you in that hour. For it is not for you to speak, but for the Spirit, the Holy Spirit of your Father speaking through you. Brother will deliver brother over to death. Father, his child, his children will rise against parents and they will have them put to death. As you will be hated by all for my name's sake. Oh, doesn't that sound cheerful? (laughs) And you and I will be hated because we're followers of Jesus. 
but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Church, we need to listen to that for a moment. The one who endures to the end. I think sometimes we, we start getting a little weak need in our faith when we begin to start feeling that pressure of accusation, when we have a good friend who turns on us, when, when you are trying to live right and be kind and friendly to people, and yet, and yet they turn on you, when you have a coworker who back, you know, stabs you in the back, who gets you fired, who makes up stories about you. You have a brother, you're in business together, and, and the brother like accuses you of doing something in the company and then, and then wrecks your ability to find your inheritance. There are so many things that the enemy will use to bring destruction on you, but he's saying you do not have to be afraid. You don't have to be anxious. Even if they drag you to court, you don't have to worry about what to say. The Spirit of God will fill you and you will say the right thing. But it's the ones who endure to the end. What does that mean? Does it mean if we don't endure, we won't be saved? I don't know if the opposite is true, but it does say if you endure to the end, you'll be saved. And saved from what? Let me keep reading. Then they will persecute you. In one town, flee to the next. Or when they persecute you in one town, flee to the next. For truly I say to you, you will have gone through all towns of Israel before the Son of Man comes. Son of Man is Jesus. Here's what he's saying is, is you know what? Persecution is going to be upon the followers of Jesus. Jesus' disciples experienced that tremendously. Half his disciples were actually killed for their faith. But for here, for us, for this time, how do we understand that in the season that we live in, I do believe your faith will be persecuted. Are you going to be, have enough strength? Are you going to have enough confidence in the Lord to know that that pressure is just not going to make you say, it's too hard for me. I just want to fit in. I just want to meld in. I just don't want to be faithful anymore. See, see, they knew Daniel was going to be faithful. They wouldn't have conjured up this plan if they didn't think Daniel was going to be faithful, right? Daniel could have said, oh, for 30 days, I'll just stop praying or I'll pray quietly or I won't get on my knees or I won't. He could have played the game. But it says that Daniel, after the decree was made, he stayed faithful, he had his regiment. He had his routine with God. And, and guess what? I think he knew who was going to be the victor in this. I think he had confidence to know that even though they bring persecution on him, that he was going to be the victor. I don't know if he thought that he was going to live in the, den, in the lion's den, but I knew he had confidence that God somehow was going to provide, that God was going to be the victor. And many times, that's why I've also felt like the Lord is saying to us is like, don't be so comfortable in life and don't try to just keep your life. Now, don't purposely end your, do something foolish and end your life sooner than you need to. But death is not the greatest evil. Death is not the final stage. Death is not the final chapter. <laughs> right? So we have something so much more to look forward to and to live for than just trying to preserve our life. 
what he wants us to do is be faithful in this life. And it says those who will endure to the end, enduring, that means that it's going to be tough going. I want to encourage you. Life can get tough going. I love, thank you so much, Michelle, for sharing that. Yeah, life is hard. We're human, right? And, and it can be feel so hard and difficult, but the scripture also tells us that his, and if we're yoked, now a yoke is like the, if you've been to the fairs this fall in New Hampshire, you'll see the yoking of oxen. A lot of times they put a bigger oxen with a younger oxen and they're yoked together. Jesus says that, that he carries the majority of the load for us. If we allow him, we're yoked to Christ. So I just want to encourage you today to pass on some of that load when you're feeling that. But I also want to encourage you, like when you start having people turn their backs on you, when your friends start saying awful things to you, when a coworker backs, stabs you in the back, that you just have to be faithful. Don't lose heart. You will face persecution. You will face persecution. Now, there is an offensive way that we can approach this. I told you there's going to be two sides of this. There was going to be, we have an enemy that wants to kill, steal, steal and destroy. And, and here's the other thing I just want to encourage you with. The person who's doing this to you is not your enemy. It is so hard to think about that because it looks and feels like they're your enemy. It comes out of their mouth. Their actions are doing it. They're our enemy. No, 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 no. You have to realize that we live in a spiritual world where there's spiritual influences that will cause people to do awful, negative, evil things. How do you know that? Well, in, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, it says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord. Can you say strong? Strong. Be strong in the Lord. And in the strength of his might, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here we go. The devil's got some schemes going on for you and for me. I know this is not such a really feel-good message, isn't it? It's just like, I want to just leave church skipping along and whistling a nice little tune but when you know that you have an enemy, it gives you power to know when the enemy's coming after you, how to handle it. So here's how we stand against the schemes of the uh, uh, devil. Well, first of all, for we know, he goes on to say, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We don't wrestle against your friend, your brother or sister that is causing conflict, your coworker that has just you know, threw you under the bus. We don't wrestle with those people. But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the, the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. We have evil in the heavenly places that sees you, that wants to point a finger at you and accuse you and discourage you and take you out of the game. 
And, and again, we, we just know the enemy, first of all, he's not very creative. He's just been doing this a long time, right? Thousands of years, the enemy has been trying to trick humanity to not follow God anymore. Because everybody, by the way, is made in the image of God. That's why a person who has um, done something negative against you, he, he uses it in two ways. He plants a seed for somebody to do something negative. That, that then you feel like they're the enemy, and then you get discouraged and you walk away from God and the person who gets used by the enemy is kind of like, you know what, I'm such a loser. <laughs> God would never want me, right? And, and, and he does a double whammy on it. But the reality is, is everybody is made in the image of God and God wishes that none should perish. He loves every person. He loves the, the crazy person that's doing the crazy things to you or in our world or in our government or in our spheres of whatever we're seeing. Those, the people are not the enemy. That's why the Bible says we need to pray for those in authority over us. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with our political leaders right now. It doesn't matter if you agree or disagree with um, the people that you feel uh, accused by. What matters is that you keep praying for them and say, God, turn their heart towards you. God, turn their heart towards you and have them repent from their evil ways. So here we go. We do have some offense, though, we can play. You don't have to be afraid, by the way. The enemy does not have the power. Remember, greater is he that is in you, Jesus Christ. And if you're here today and you haven't given your life to Jesus Christ, you need to. You need to. That's where your power comes from. That's where your assurance comes from. That's where your, uh, he's your savior. Salvation comes from. All right. And closing up here, here's, here's what we're going to know. Therefore, take the whole armor of God. You have armor. That's good news. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Can you say the word firm? So you have strength, you have courage, you can stand firm, you don't have to be afraid, you don't have to cower away, you don't have to go to bed at night like, I'm in so much fear, what's going to happen, the enemy's going to get me. You don't have to worry about that. You have to be thinking about how do I put on the armor of God to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened the belt of truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness, living right, and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. See, the good news of Jesus Christ actually brings peace to your life and other people's life. Are you quick to run with the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ? Are you quick to run to be critical sarcastic, wallow in your pity. <laughs> in all circumstances, all circumstances, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. Here you go. Just you've, We've all seen the movies, right? Hold up the shield and the darts are flinging over. No, sorry. Sorry, fiery dart. Shield of faith. 
I believe in Jesus. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I believe in my God who's a mighty fortress, my Lion of Judah. You see, the Lion of Judah met Daniel in the lion's den. But we also know the enemy is like a lion seeking whom he will destroy. It's where you put your trust. It's where you put your faith. All right, finishing up here. And take the helmet of salvation. It's like, what are you thinking about? Are you, are you thinking about the Lord who has saved you? Or are you thinking about fearful thoughts? Critical thoughts. And the sword of the spirit. Which is the word of God. How much are you in God's word? I, I, I know I become like a, 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 I'm on repeat here. But how much do you get into God's word? I'll tell you, it is powerful. It is powerful. Praying all the time in the spirit. With all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints. And also for me, this is Paul writing. That words may be given to me in my open, opening of my mouth to boldly proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. So he's in chains right now in prison while he's writing this. That I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. As we grow in our relationship with the Lord, the persecution will only get greater. Sorry to say. <laughs> it's like, well, why would I want to do that then? I don't want persecution. I don't want people to be on me or at me or I don't want conflict. It won't always be there, but be on guard because you have an enemy. And again, the person's not your enemy. The spiritual forces are the enemy. But God, who will build you up through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, through the power of the Holy Spirit, will protect you, will guide you, will give you what to say in the right moment, that you do not have to be afraid. You do not have to have fear. You can go to bed tonight sleeping soundly, knowing that Jesus is with you, and he is your strong fortress, giving you the tools, though, giving you the tools to also act offensively and not just defensively. This is, I said, a message where the rubber meets the road. Will you be faithful until the end? Will you be diligent? When the decree is made that you cannot worship any other God, do you still bow to your knees and praise and worship Jesus? I do believe there'll be a day where we're going to have to make some of those decisions. I also think the enemy will trick you into also creating it not so extreme, but he's going to be like, can you resist the pressure of the persecution of people just saying nasty things about you because you're excelling in the things of how God made you to be. So my challenge to you this week, actually, I do have a goal for you. I have a goal for you. I wrote it down. Well, 
what are you going to do differently this week than you did last week as it relates to your preparedness to resist the trickery, the temptations, the accusations of the enemy? What are you going to do differently this week than last week to prepare for when a coworker turns on you? To when your best friend starts telling you, saying lies about you. How are you going to stand? Are you going to stay faithful to your primary relationship with Jesus Christ? Or will you give in? You need to be built up. Maybe you need to read Ephesians 6 again. I'll send that out, by the way, as a scripture reminder for you. If you have our app, make sure you... uh, save for push notifications and I'll, I'll send that scripture out to you guys as an encouragement this week. The moment's now. I don't know how much time we have, but I do know that we have to prepare and we have to live with intentionality and we have to strengthen our relationship with the Lord to stand to what's coming before us. Welcome to Church Online. My name is Pastor Mark, and I just want to say thank you for taking the time to join us in watching our services online. Maybe you can't be at our location today and you're watching this from home or on the road. We just want to say thank you for tuning in. And maybe you can't get to a physical location at Grace Capital Church, and this becomes part of your regular routine to do church live on your computer or on your device. We want to say, Invite some friends with you. Do church together. Life is so much better together and discovering what God has for us is meant to be done in community. Gather people together and enjoy these services for weeks to come. Thank you for watching.